Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. <laughs> That's how you should start the show. <laughs> you should, where's your guitar? Get it going. Man, my students love playing that on their instruments. I got a movie favorites book. And I they, bet. They love banging it's, that out. It's, it's that and awesome. the Jurassic Park theme. No. See, I'm not in that. Yeah, that's Jurassic Park. Uh, not my thing. Mm. I live with a girl who played that 24/7. Literally, her when the tape ended, the VCR would rewind and play it again, over and over and over. Wow. That be with some butthead. That's yeah, wrong. She had she had issues. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis. Yes, I think I know how it ended. Do you? It sank. Mm. Yeah. All right, but before we get into Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, I thought we might talk a little bit about the Indiana Jones films in general. Yeah, good idea. I've got a lot to say about these films because okay. they're all over the road, and also I've just watched them recently. Okay, so what's your take on the indie series? Well, uh, of course, if you live under a rock, you'll never heard of these things, but the uh, Indiana Jones series, uh, which was Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then you had... Uh, Temple, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm -hmm. Then you had the Last Crusade. And then you had the Crystal Skull. All right? uh, I saw, and I think I've mentioned this in the show, but I saw uh, Indiana Jones, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, in the theater with my folks. And uh, at the exact moment he shot that guy uh, that had the sword, <laughs> the tape broke. Oh. And we had to sit there going like, what? And we... <laughs> And I remember think I remember being like at the end of that movie when those guys uh, their faces melt. Mm -hmm. The ark is open, you yeah. know, and the mm -hmm. spirits and stuff fly around. Uh, uh, boy, that was so scary! I about died. It was a frightening scene. That was. I mean, you look at it now, you're like, eh. But I mean, that was pretty graphic. Yeah, got freaking melted, man. That's right at the edge of what I can take in movies. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's where. That's where we know where the, the line is. Right. Uh, but uh, he deserved it. He was a real scumbag. He was. Uh, but uh, uh, I remember thinking, holy smokes, what a movie. And, I, and I, as we were walking out, my dad was like, yeah, it was no good. <laughs> Aww. I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me, Dad? So I was on my own for the rest mm. of the Indiana Jones series. I don't think I saw any of the other ones in the theater except for Crystal Skull. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm guessing, do you remember the first time you saw Raiders? It wasn't until later in life. It was probably in high school that I started watching all the Indiana Jones movies. I think I saw, um, I think my family rented um, The Last Crusade when it first became available on video. Um, and I watched it. And I thought it was cool because I hadn't seen the other ones. And I know that people don't like Last Crusade, but to me it was cool because it was like a it was kind of like a Dan Brown novel. If you've ever read any of those, who Dan Brown? Dan Brown, yeah. Okay. Um, you know all the all of the like the treasure hunts and you know going through the library and seeing the big X on the carpet and stuff. When you're ten or eleven years old, that's really cool. You it's know? Cool now, yeah. And so, um, but I saw Temple of Doom and um, Raiders of the Lost Ark probably in high school. So you did you watch them in, in mass? 
No, I probably just uh, saw them on TV when they were on. Uh huh. So you didn't you didn't sit down and watch all of them, but they were all released at that point. Oh so yeah, I mean like Skull. I think TBS used to show them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, having had to wait for the sequels, uh, I remember when Temple of Doom came out, and it looked really scary to me. I was like, "Holy smokes!" Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't, I'm trying to think if I saw that in the theater, and I may have. I mean, because it was a big hit. You know? Well, I, I do know some some trivia about Temple of Doom. Temple and Doom, both Temple of Doom and Gremlins were the two films that were responsible for the creation of the PG-13 rating system. Really? In America, yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why Temple of Doom. Uh, the scene where his heart gets ripped out. Oh, the, they it thought wasn't that graphic. They, that that's what the, the the people thought. Well, we need an, a rating above PG but below R for Wasn't these sort there of a scenes. scene in that where they eat monkey brains? Was that? In that yeah, one? that was in Temple that of was, Doom see, too. That was much scarier. That to was me. yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that, and a lot of people. Uh, uh, kind of uh, look down on Temple of Doom. Not me. I like Temple of and Doom. Me, that's my least favorite, to be honest with it's you. It's my second favorite. I liked it. I will admit that the, his love interest or co- lady co-star, she's uh, every bit as irritating as she could be. Yeah, and you know and that... She's cute, the, but, I mean, she's not like... I didn't like her. She's do you sort know of a the, flapper type. Do you know the history behind that, too? I believe she ended up marrying or was married to the guy that ran the studio. That's how she got the gig. Yeah. yeah. And so you could tell. Yeah. Uh, and but she, I mean, she didn't, she didn't do well. But no. it did have short round. Uh, short rounds like. a nice guy. Short round was cool. No time for love, Doctor Jones. Right. I like him. He was a butt kicker. He was the last guy to get caught. You mm-hmm. know. And uh, the idea there was a kid in it. You know, normally I'm not really keen on the whole kid in the movie thing, uh, but uh, I, I dug him. Uh, so otherwise, cool movie, cool bad guy. You know, uh, I, 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 it was interesting. It was, it was sort of a novice from the rest of the series in mm-hmm. a way. But I liked it. So then you had uh, uh, Last Crusade. Now, I, you know, I'm a big James Bond guy. So when I heard Sean Connery was going to be in this thing, I was like, oh, boy. Now you got something, mm-hmm. you know. Of course, this is old Sean Connery Well, he's, no, he's young compared to what he is now. <laughs> well, that's true. So and are so, we. So when I went, I, I'm pretty sure I saw, I think I saw it in the theater, but I'm not sure. But I remember when I saw it, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like it a bit. Uh, I thought it was no good. And uh, uh, the only part I liked was when uh, Indy got Hitler to sign that book. That was the only part I thought was funny, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and uh, but the rest of it just didn't do it for me. I didn't I didn't buy into the uh, religious aspects of it. I didn't like the ending uh, with the uh, you know find the, uh, the the chalice, uh, and uh, it just didn't do it. You know, didn't do it for me. Now I have recently rewatched it, and well, I watched it with my kid, and I warmed up to it a little bit. It was a little bit better, and there are some pretty funny parts. Mm-hmm. You know that I, you when know. they're tied up, you know the, Sean Connery, and they're tied up, and the guy says, "Is there anything I can do for you?" And he says, "I certainly hope you'll die soon." <laughs> and it's, I, I do like that. There's a bit when they're on the Zeppelin, and uh, uh, Andy is dressed as a ticket taker, mm-hmm. and there's a Nazi on there, and he takes a Nazi and boots him out of the Zeppelin, <laughs> and then he goes, he didn't have his ticket. Everyone on the whole Zeppelin holds their ticket and starts shaking it. Yeah. yeah, I got mine. I thought that was pretty funny, but mm-hmm. it's got its moments. Mm-hmm. You know? Again, I'm still not too keen on the ending. He chose poorly. I like that, mm-hmm. but it is okay. Then we'll get to the... No, I'm guessing you love that one, then. I mean, that one... I like probably one and three the best, Tied. I think they're both good good films. Really? Tied with one? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. I thought one was head and shoulders above the other ones. I really did. Of course, it was the first one. Then you got Crystal Skull. Now, this one I absolutely saw in a theater. It was just out of what I saw it in the theater also. Three or four years ago mm-hmm. when it came out. 
And uh, I didn't know anything about it. I knew it was Indiana Jones. I knew Harrison Ford was old at this point. But I thought, well, heck, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. right? And then I went and saw it. Uh, now, have you seen The Crystal Skull? Yes, I saw it in the theater. Okay. That, I, you, you didn't come with me, did you? I might have. Because it was, I went with a big group of people. Yeah, I might have come with you. So what did you think of Crystal Skull? Bro? I did not hate it nearly as much. It did not deserve nearly the vitriol that it... These movies are not Citizen Kane, you know? Indiana Jones. It's Indy freaking Anna Jones. Um, they're dumb. And this movie was a dumb movie. Now, this one was probably dumber than the other movies, but it's still a dumb action movie. The whole thing in the refrigerator when he when he hides from the nuclear bomb, of course he's going to do that. It's Indiana Jones, you know? Um, I thought that um, the, the CGI and stuff, it relied too heavily on that stuff. Um, but I don't know. It was fine. You can tell me how much you hate it. Go ahead. I hated it. Here's how much. A lot. <laughs> Let me begin. So, for starters, this was the movie where they were going to pass the torch to a new younger man to pick up the mantle of right. Indiana Jones. The young Indiana Jones, I think and he was, it was called. No. He no. was called that idiot goof from Transformers. <laughs> What's that goof's name, Boat? Um, Do you remember his name? He's always in trouble. Alexi Lawless. No, it's not. So, anyway, the movie is an endless series of events where Indiana Jones gets captured and, and escapes or is freed over and over and over. Indy, Indy looks old and tired. He it looks was, beat down. It was cool to see uh, the chick from the first movie come back. I always liked her, you know. Uh, but it wasn't that cool. And the uh, Shia LaBeouf. Thank Sh- you, Duncan. Shia LaBeouf. This guy, mm-hmm. I know it's popular. It's it's stylish even to hate on this guy. Mm-hmm. So for once, I will be stylish. I don't like this guy. It's also stylish to hate on this movie. You're being stylish all yes. over the place. Sheila Booth, Shia LaBeouf, whatever you call him, he's a goof. The LaBeouf's a goof. It was horrible in this movie. He played this 50s-style greasy biker mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Are you kidding me? It, yeah. This guy's no fighter. Did you look at this guy? Well, neither is an archaeology professor. No. I mean, he looked like a goof. It's like if we put uh, biker attire on you and put you on a hog and sent you down to the biker bar... They'd eat you up and spit you out. They but, would. They but, would. Or maybe they wouldn't. Maybe you're a tough guy. If you had your sword, then you got problems. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. The Adventures of Boat. And you drive around the nation with your... with your Samurai biker. Samurai get up. That and, would be pretty cool, actually. Man, I'd pay to see that. Yeah. But yeah, LaBeouf was horrible. The, the whole nuke thing, horrible. The plot for this was god-awful. You know, God, bad was so bad. The whole Crystal Skull phenomenon. I thought it was going to be a product tie-in because, you know, Dan Aykroyd has the Crystal Skull vodka that he makes. And I thought that that was no, going I to be... I had whole, no idea. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how are you going to tie that in? What, what Dan Aykroyd's going to show up. Hey, guys, here's some Crystal Skull I'm vodka. I'm an alien. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, if you're... Uh, uh, I don't know how this flies overseas, but in America, the Crystal Skull's mystery... Uh, has been very uh Is it actually a real mystery? Absolutely. Mm. If you watched way back when I was a young lad, there was a show called In Search Of. Leonard Nimoy. Hosted by Leonard Nimoy. And that was one of the episodes they did was the Crystal Skulls. And if you're into this that sort of stuff, which mm-hmm. I am, you've heard of these stories and all the people that own these Crystal Skulls, where do they come from? What do they do? You right. Know? Uh, and so, leave it to, I believe it was, did Lucas write this? Uh, I think Lucas was the guy that wrote the screenplay for this uh, Indiana mm, Jones movie. I don't know. Whoever wrote it should stop. But the whole alien tie-in was a disaster. I just hated it. I hated it. Enough said. It was no good. It was a dud. Uh, so, 
with those movies out of the way, let's talk about some of the games that we played that that were based on the movies. So I think the first Raiders type game I played would probably be the Temple of Doom game that Atari put out. Uh, that we actually uh, did. We look at that on the show, I believe, a while back. The uh, you know the one where he goes to the mines with this whip and he rescues the kids out of the cages. There's also a mine car section. Surely you've played this. It was on the same hardware uh, that Atari made. Well, I know, I know that the first the first game was Raiders of the Lost Ark on the 2600. A, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. You're right. That's the one where Indiana Jones or Indiana Jones. That's one where uh, Harrison Ford saw it and he's like, "That's just like the real movie." In all seriousness, he was he was all in when he saw that game. Did Howard Scott Warshaw make that game? I, I believe, believe he, he did. did in like four weeks. Now I'd forgotten about that game, and I will have to say that we did play that on Twitch and it was an advanced game mm-hmm. of for I mean it was a uh, it was an adventure game that you put on the Atari mm-hmm. it was a that was a very impressive game I yeah. have to say I totally had forgotten about that so yeah you're right it had the iconic you know tune mm-hmm. in it uh, I you know I know Howard Scott Warshaw made it because I've seen him walking around in that hat mm-hmm. Indy's iconic hat so I'm pretty sure he made it so, well he's also the ill-fated uh, programmer that was assigned E.T. E- yeah mm-hmm. he made he got paid though so, you're right. And that was a pretty good game. And then the next game I would have played would have been a Temple of Doom game that we, were, that we talked about. Now, that game has a... Some people like it, some people don't, but I kind of dug it. I think it was on the same... I think it was on the same chipset in the arcade as Jedi was. Mm, that makes sense because the, the sprite style is similar. Right, yeah. right. It's pretty fun, including all the... It's even got a... Uh, uh, a, a, a part where the you know where the guy's doing the ritual in front of the flaming mouth and mm-hmm. the statue. Although it, it was a pretty good game, you get your mind cart. Pretty good, uh, pretty fun game. Now, can you did you can you think of any other of the Indiana Jones games you played up past that point? I played the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles on the Super Nintendo. The Young now before you get into that, I was a big fan of that show. I think I've mentioned it once or twice just in passing. Uh, that was a show that ran on ABC, and I remember it was the lead into Monday Night Football. I don't know why. And uh, there, would, there were three young Indiana Joneses. There was a little kid, kind of a slightly older kid, and then there was a, like a teenage version. Mm-hmm. They would go over different uh, aspects of Indy's life, uh, depending on what week it was. So, like it, you know, but they would, they would be in, they would be in line with each other. And so it was. Indi- and I didn't like the little kid, but the oldest kid, he actually had. They, they, they did stories where he fought in World War One, and it was real and intense mm-hmm. show. And I don't think it ran more than a couple seasons because it was one of the most expensive TV shows of the time really? ever made. It was real expensive. I remember liking it, and I remember renting the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo game because of it. How was that? I can't remember. I wish I could. I should have revisited it to, uh, to check it out. Yeah. I, I, I remember seeing it out there. I was like, I'm sure this is crap. Mm-hmm. You know. I know you recall the bit, and I think it was the third Indiana Jones where uh, River Phoenix played Indy. At the very beginning, they had like a flashback mm-hmm. where he's on a train, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that was sort of the uh, kickoff for the young Indiana Makes Jones, sense. and that was a good part of the movie. Actually, I did like that part. And River Phoenix was a very convincing, uh, young Indiana. That's Jones. where he gets he had, his hat, right? And the and look. That's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that was cool. And then on the when you got into your PC, now this was not the first uh, Indiana Jones graphic adventure. Uh, did you play the first one? No, I, I didn't play Last Crusade. Um, this is my first graphical adventure in the Indiana Jones universe. Now, the Last Crusade was obviously was older. If you look at it now, it it's one of those games that spans the gap when you're uh, on the PC anyway. When you're moving from sort of your EGA level graphics up to your more VGA level graphics, 
and it, it's a little dated. The music's a little dated as well. I never got. I was not really a big uh, graphics adventure guy, but my buddy used to play the crap out of it. I had a copy of it somewhere, uh, but it looked okay. You know, it's the same kind of fare you would expect. Uh, now, before we get into this game, we should mention that there was two uh, Indiana Jones games that were released uh, on, on multiple platforms that were coincided together. There was this game, the Fate of uh, the Fate of Atlantis. Then there was an Indiana Jones action game. Now. Uh, I've not played the action game, uh, but I remember when these two games were released, the action game was, as I recall, was pretty much panned, and that this game was the one that people were really into. Do you, do you have any recollection of the action game? I, I, was, I was not cognizant of the scene yeah, at the time this there, came out. There was, it's sad. I'm that old. Uh, but uh, yeah, th- this, game, uh, this game was sort of, uh, uh, when it came out, was very uh, well-regarded. Tell me when to get it kicked. Now. Okay. So, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Uh, this came out in 1993. So your boy here was four years on the other side of high school at that point. What a bummer. <laughs> it's very depressing. Your boy here was in the perfect age to enjoy this adventure at 12 years old. Oh, you're, you're right, man. Uh, developed, of course, by LucasArts. LucasArts had a couple games on the uh, Amiga uh, that they developed. Uh, Monkey Island 2. And the action version of, of Indiana Jones was also a LucasArts joint. You want to take a guess how many discs this came out on? Uh, I know this because I looked it up. It's the same as Monkey Island 2, right? Yeah. 11, 11 discs. 11 big discs. Never all... never more did Amiga owners wish for a CD-ROM unit for their computer. Yeah, and and of course, this uh, this never got a release on CD, so no. you're, you're boned. Not for the Amiga. Uh, one thing I like on this is the languages. You've got your French, German, Italian, and Spanish, and English. They covered the... I like that. And that seems to be something that comes up again and again on these... Uh, Scum engine games. They mm-hmm. do. They have no problem. Well, it's an that instant way. instant translate. You can sell it all over the world. I'm not going to go into the people that that made this because there's like a thousand. This is your classic. This is when development of games really. You know, these games were done by a large group mm-hmm. of people. And from what I read, this game, due to the due to the turnaround time on it, was sort of an all hands on deck. Affair. So when people got finished doing one thing, they were coming over and working on this. Well, I've got a little bit of background on one of the designers on this game. All right, what do you got? So, you know, whenever we do a game, I usually go over to Lemon Amiga and click on all the names just to see if there's anything sure. interesting. And uh, this guy, Hal Barwood, both of the two lead designers, I think, only worked on this game or this game in Monkey Island. And I was like, Hal Barwood, he didn't do anything else except for this on the Amiga. So what's the deal with this guy? So I Googled him, and this guy worked as an animator for George Lucas on his film THX 1138. Really? That's, that's, is, that, is that the student film he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he, he, that's how he broke into the industry. And then in 1981, he decided that he wanted to make video games. And so um, he created two video games for the Apple II, which he wrote and designed, entitled Binary Gauge and Space Snatchers. Um, he gained slightly more fame when he was the screenwriter for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Wow! So this guy, good, eh? if you say if you think the writing is good in this game, there's a reason why. Yeah, and and by the way, it is. Um, before we go on, yeah. I also want to thank uh, Brutal Barracuda Amigos Game Selection Committee member for uh, recommending this game. Yeah, this was a it, this was a soft touch for us because I, I had 
uh, way, way back in the day, I had actually had a cup of coffee with this game. Again, as you know, these games aren't necessarily my bag, but Indiana Jones, yeah. enough said. Um, this game has one of the wackiest, like, openings of all time. I wouldn't call it wacky. I would call it freaking awesome. It's awesome. It's awesomely wacky. I mean, it sort of makes Indiana Jones look more like Inspector Clouseau <laughs> because the beginning of this game where it starts out with Indy looking for a, a an idol, a statue, and so you uh, you you have, as the credits are rolling, mm-hmm. it's like, dun, 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 they come up and you see Indy, he kind of takes his whip and he swings into this room. There's books everywhere. He's like, no, where did I put that statue? And you sort of kind of help him, but mm-hmm. boy, your choices are incredibly limited. And when you click on something, he'll go over and check it out. Like, he I, he falls through a hole, then he slips to another hole that a bookcase falls on. And then he then falls through the floor he again. Slips, he, <laughs> and, then, and then after he does that, he slips through a coal chute. But think about how many games of, from this era have an interactive opening credit sequence. None. None. <laughs> this game is awesome. Yeah. So that was fun. And, of course, it gives you a feel for what you're about to do. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, at this point, the full scum engine isn't... The full interface isn't up, but still, it, it, it's it's cute. Yeah. It, they do a good job. And plus, there's I mean, there's not as much humor in this as there is in, say, Monkey Island, but there's still plenty, there plenty of humor. Um, this game was released... Uh, again, this is no AGA, and the graphics are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you would imagine, they were, uh, they were meticulously... Uh, done on uh, deluxe paint, the old standard, uh, and it looks great. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, uh, you know, last time we talked about one of these games, that they deluxe paint should automatically get an award yeah. for it, it. The many times it was used, Amazon Queen is the, the last example we had of this, and it looked great there mm-hmm. too. Now this game, and me and Bo were talking about this off air. <clears throat> this game only appeared on a couple on a couple platforms uh, until recently. Uh, the uh, uh, it had a DOS port. It has, and then the year after it released, it had a CD version, and the DOS version has um, audio. They actually have audio for the all the dialogue, and I actually uh, I played this the DOS version this back in the day. And I re- sort of and I remembered it, and I went back and listened to it. And the audio is really good. And the end, the guy that you got doing Indiana Jones is not Harrison Ford, but the guy is unbelievably. He's similar. not bad. He's, He's not very. Bad. I mean, it's. If you didn't know any better, mm-hmm. if someone said, yeah, that's Harrison Ford, I'd have bought it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds a lot like him. And uh, I think in this case, the dialogue is is good. Because this is unlike, like say, Flight of the Amazon Queen, where these characters are people you've never seen before or mm-hmm. since. You know what Indiana Jones sounds like, so it's it's okay to hear what he sounds like. And then the rest of the characters, you know, it's it, you can get past it because you have a you've got that anchor. Yeah, I thought that the the Amiga version definitely lost out uh, on all the audio fronts. If you listen to the PC it, graphically, you look at the PC version, and the Amiga version, they look almost the same. There's a little bit more detail in the PC version because of the higher resolution, but it's pretty much similar. Uh, the audio is really, really poor when you compare it with the PC version. It's not like the PC version has this lush orchestration, but whatever conversion they did when they were making the Amiga version, it was like they didn't go back and check what the instruments actually sounded like. And it, some of the stuff just really falls flat compared oh, to the PC I've version. I've got a comment. Before I say that, I just, I just happened to glance over and Barracuda, who <laughs> just wrote that he named his son Harrison Indy Smith. <laughs> so he is a big fan. I love that. But getting back to the the music, I agree with you. This, You know what the sound in this reminded me of was Wing Commander mm. on the Amiga. It had that sort of uh, MIDI, mm-hmm. early sound blastery sound to it, which, again, this is the Amiga dude. 
crank that can, up. You can do more. Um, you can do more. This this uh, the uh, this version of the Scum engine had what was called the iMuse engine, which was at the time I remember hearing about this when no one heard about anything. Mm -hmm. And the 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 gimmick behind it is it's uh, it's sort of uh, uh, automatic sound that come that's dynamic that and changes depending on what you're doing. Uh, even if you do something, maybe it'll kick in. Maybe the third or fourth time you attempt something, it'll kick in this different type of music. It's uh, it it's mood. It sets the mood. Right. And so I will give the music that. Uh, the, uh, uh, the is the music up to the snuff of the graphics? No, no, it's not. And uh, this game, and of course, the especially music, when you compare it to Flight of the Amazon Queen, which is I think the music in that was just so well done. Well, this. Yeah, the music in this, I mean, it was it was very MIDI-sounding mm -hmm. music. You're right. I, I noticed when I listened to it, I was like, man, this is not appe that appealing. Mm -hmm. I know we're going to get murdered, because I'm sure people well, it, love it. Well, it's but. not the Amiga's fault. I mean, the Amiga was capable of producing tons of awesome audio. Whatever the, 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 the programmers were doing here, I think it was just a, an example of a lazy port where they took the tracks from the PC version and dumped them without... Checking on them, you know, and, and uh, they did improve the CD. The, you know, that, and now with the other place this was released, which I was getting to, was the uh, FM. Uh, my personal favorite is the FM Towns Marty, which boat is is now required to buy me one of these. <laughs> but I'm assuming uh, since that was a CD based engine, it was also just a CD only release, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know what that would sound like. Uh, I'm sure CD helped, and I, and maybe they used this music because they had to fit it on the disc. Maybe so. You know, so that's and and MIDI's real. I mean, clearly it's very simple to to put it together. So I'm guessing that's probably what it was. But this game could have benefited from a uh, more orchestra-like, uh, you know, musical anthem. Uh, the uh, uh, but it does the dynamic music is okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do like that. Now at the time it was very revolutionary. It's not so much now. You hear it a lot more, but it was still it's pretty cool. Uh, and as you play this game, uh, the music will come on. Sometimes there'll be no music. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll start back up, depending on what you do. The thing, it's a very, it's very jarring. There, there are long, long stretches in this game where there is no music or sound at all. It's and funny. It, I was, I was. It's you're right. And I was sitting in my when I was playing this uh, the other day. I was sitting there, and I and the music had went off, and I and I and I thought I had it muted. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "What's going on?" And then I did something. I was like, blah, blah, blah. "I was like, right. whoa!" To back. me, to me, that is not a good example of sound design. Like, you need to have something either background noise. Like, if you're out in the street, like when you're outside the theater at the beginning of the game, you need to have you know the sound of cars going by or crickets or something because it, it's it, it it's jarring in a very unpleasant way when it does crank back up again. Um, I agree. I agree with that. So the the uh, Scum Engine, we should probably briefly talk about it, was developed. Uh, by the Lucas guys to as an adventure engine. I don't remember what even Scum stands for. Uh, script utility, script creation utility for Maniac Mansion. And of course, Maniac Mansion was one of the was the premier, I believe, mm -hmm. use of it, obviously. And they used it several. They've used it many times. I know on the Amiga several times. Uh, but this was sort of a, a more doctored up version. They had a little more uh, leeway in it when they put this one together. Um, I, this engine, I mean, if you've played any of these games, it's a it's pretty much standard fare. Did you see anything that was any really different? No, this is. I you think talked to it was like I, I think this it. was the last the last game where this it sort of resembled because I think the games that that were after this like Grim Fandango and stuff like that I think they <laughs> altered the Scum engine to take away to give you more of the screen I think they might have changed the command system a little bit if I remember correctly um, but this one was still your classic you know commands on the bottom left inventory on the right yeah and so I mean so if, the one thing about this if you're used to using the system. 
it's, it, it's you can just float between the games without any problem. Mm -hmm. Now, again, me personally, I like the system and fly the Amazon Queen better, but that's just me. And so, I mean, your mileage, it's a pretty personal mm -hmm. taste. Um, so, we should probably talk about what's going on in this game. It, it's The plot in this is bizarre, to say the least. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention, there's also, there's a way to play this on the Wii. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, you, it's in another Indiana Jones game. It's an unlockable or something in there, and you can play it. And apparently, the, the version that they include was quite nice. Yeah, I so read that I, too. I've not seen that, and so I'm, I maybe have to try that out. Mm -hmm. uh, they say it's one of the better versions. Um, so, what is the plot of this game? Well, you you're Indiana Jones, and you are basically pursuing at the beginning of it. You effectively are pursuing a guy who who stole something from you try to figure out what he's doing. The bad guy, of course, is a Nazi. You know those Nazis? They're, they're Always up to, no, up to good. no good. And so uh, uh, Indy hooks up with his an, an old archaeologist buddy uh, named uh, Sophia Hapgood. Uh, they had worked together in, I believe it was Iceland, and, and when they were doing archaeology. But she quit the archaeological game to get into the psychic game. Which I thought was a was a it's a normal career path. Sure, you know? sure. So why don't you go into depth? What the, how this plot goes? I mean, I've got a general idea, but I haven't played all the way through it, so I'm not sure of the entirety of so it. So Indy is, um, you know, he, he him and his sidekick, they're trying to. They've got these beads, and there there's an amulet involved, and and somebody has run off with part of the puzzle too, and they're they're basically trying to track him down. Uh, he goes to warn uh, this this lady that this guy might be after him. Um, they end up going to a bunch of different locales. There's a map. You see the plane flying in a very Indiana like Jones fashion. Uh, they end up in Atlantis. Uh, I don't want to spoil the ending. There are actually multiple endings in this game, depending on how you play it. Um, but if you watch if you watch the playthroughs, uh, they actually go through all the different endings, and uh, there are some there are some. It's really neat. I think that the ending is not your normal fare. Um, you know, he definitely doesn't end up with the girl at the end. Um, but uh, it's along the way, you know, it's your normal routine of solving puzzles, collecting items, combining items together, and using them on other items to open a door, etc. There's some unusual bits in this that I thought were uh, I liked. For one thing, there's a there's a very uh, robust conversation path mm -hmm. in this. And what I mean by that is... I mean, you really get, which I mean, this is sort of what you saw in these, but you really got a lot of options in, with your conversation, how it goes. And and really nothing, there are a few places in this game where you can be killed. Right, right? which is unusual for yeah. a LucasArts game. Uh, but for the most part, you're free to kind of screw up and try again. Yeah, and the parts where you can be killed, they give you plenty of warning like, hey, this is, you know, you need to do something. This is, this is an area where you're going to be killed. I read somewhere that one of the places you could be killed was punching Hitler. Hmm. <laughs> so now I didn't. I didn't. Don't get, punch Hitler. I didn't get. Well, I mean, it's they said it was worth it. You know? <laughs> I didn't get that far, but you, apparently at some point you you run into and can punch Hitler, which I thought amused me. Uh, but the dialogue's good, and and the the fact that it, it looks like stuff that Indy would say, for example, that's what makes it kind of fun. Um, especially when again, if you have the PC version of it, you can actually hear Indy say the dialogue when you when you pick it. That's kind of neat. Uh, there are the the one thing about this game is that you can play it in several different ways. All right now, uh, any chance I got, I tried to beat up somebody in this in this very uh, like superficial fighting. Well, it's funny they mention that because they actually give you a path that you can follow. You can either do the fists path or the 
There's fits, fits, fits. wits, and team. Right, right. Now, I, uh, I, I liked. I just thought it was funny to punch guys. Like the first thing I did was beat up the bouncer at that girl's <laughs> at that at the psychic club. Uh, but uh, you can the in this when you want to fight, it's not. You just basically put the mouse pointer where you want to punch, and you hit the button, and you'll punch. There's a life meter. I mean, it's super. It's just exactly. It shouldn't be. Any, you don't want a, some kind of twitchy stuff in a movie right. game. That would that would kind of ruin the game. Uh, but uh, you can also a lot of it you can just get through by talking your way in and out of situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get to a whole. I mean, I got as far as you would imagine I would get in this game. Uh, but uh, it gave me enough time. <clears throat> excuse me to to understand how the game works. I mean, it, it's it's your sort of classic Monkey Island like game. You there are, like you said there are plenty of puzzles. I've got to get. You know, I've got to get this uh, item to get this other item to get this guy. I've got to put this mask here. I've got to put this. There's a, there's a bit where you've got to try to trick this guy into thinking you're a ghost, and you've got to have a mask and stuff. And it, it's, it's. I, I'm not gonna say it's. I don't think it's that revolutionary. You know, it's. I will say again, uh, the common sense elements that I liked in uh, the Amazon, play the Amazon Queen. I thought were sort of present in here, but for whatever reason, I could I was picking up on the vibe of that game a little more than this one. This game uh, is beautiful. I will say one thing. These guys, you've got a huge staff of guys. The scenes, some of the scenes in this are so detailed. I mean, I will say, they've got that every, almost every other game of this type in terms of the way the scenery is drawn. Mm-hmm. The artist on this was must have been out of his mind. I mean, they have, I mean, just the scenes in libraries and stuff, and they've drawn all this stuff. The screen is completely full of colorful stuff. Yeah. There's and all- that's, the, that's the great thing about this game, is that in some of these rooms, you're going to be stuck in this room for a long time because there's a puzzle you've got to solve. Uh, and they make it worth your while because they do make the scenery so beautiful. Right. Um, Indy can, uh, there's depth when Indy moves. So, like for example, early in the game, there's a scene where you're, you're the camera is looking out of a window, mm-hmm. and you see Indy come and cross the street and go to this other building, or mm-hmm. you can see a guy get in the car. Sometimes there are little cut scenes. Uh, early on, there's a scene where you see the the bad guy who was hiding, and he he walks off. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's some scenes you know where just you see stuff that happens that Indy doesn't see, so you sort of have an idea what's going on, which that's pretty cool. Uh, the uh, uh, I liked the girl. The, there's not, uh, um, at least the, to the parts I got, there's no super-duper love interesty type thing. She's They just mostly trade barbs. And depend, since you're playing Indy, you can be as big a jerk as you want. Mm-hmm. So if you think, like, all the crap you do is garbage, your psychic thing is crap, you're, the girl has, like, this uh, spirit guide that's an Atlantean. Mm-hmm. That she calls upon. Indy thinks all that's crap. You know, you can And you can be a real jerk if you want. I like the idea that you could be a jerk if you want. You know, I think that was fun. Um, one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, the story of this game is pretty interesting. Uh, I, I read, I read over. I, I have to admit, I read the uh, the over arc of the story just so I could get a flavor for the ending of it. And uh, when they when they went to make this game, uh, they originally looked at discarded screenplays to make the game. Did you mm-hmm, read that? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the ones they looked at was from the it's same like guy. Indiana Jones and the Brass Monkey or something like no, that? No, it was from... The a, Funky <laughs> That would have been a whole different movie where Indiana <laughs> Jones enters a dance contest. 
Uh, but one of the ones they looked at was an old movie script that got uh, rejected. It was from the guy that did Home Alone, Chris Columbus, did a bunch of good movies. Uh, and so they went ahead and just did their own. So this is an entirely original script. Right. And this, I mean, this was really Indiana Jones 4. Yeah, this, this, and yeah. It, it was referred to that many mm-hmm. times. And I had even heard a rumor, and this is way before Crystal Skull was released, that they were going to base the fourth movie on this game. It would have been a lot better if It they would did. have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game was a lot more uh, whimsical. Mm-hmm. This game was... Uh, uh, was a lot more interesting. Atlantis is cool. You know, I didn't like the alien tie in the movie. I thought that was just, I didn't like it. This is the, this, this is your Indiana Jones 4. Really, mm-hmm. it, it, it is. It's, it's much more interesting to look at. Um, did the interface do anything for you? I mean, did, did, did you notice anything yeah. you didn't notice in Monkey Island? You, you know, it's very similar to Monkey Island. I tend to prefer this interface over the Flight of the Amazon Queen interface just because I'm more familiar with it. It seems more like home to me. Although, I prefer Flight of the Amazon Queen as a game over this game. Uh, like I said, when we talked about that game, that's probably, you know, it might be my favorite point-and-click adventure game of all time. So They're both beautiful. But, they, yeah, they're both very, they're a feast for the eyes, as they say. Yeah. Um, it was said that when uh, um, when this was converted over to the PC, they had, had to do the dialogue. There were eight thousand lines of dialogue. Oh that my goes gosh. to show you how much dialogue is in this game. Because you've got to think they've got to do lines for every response, all the bad guys' responses, all the NPCs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the conversation trees in this game are deep. Um, it's it's not quite. I think I've never seen a game with more dialogue options than Cruise for a Corpse. But it's definitely up there. Yeah. Um, the game was a massive success, as you can imagine. And so, uh, pretty much after it was released for a little while, there were talks of a sequel. And there was a sequel planned uh, for this game. Uh, and it, But it was, believe it or not, it was, it was killed. Uh, the original title of it was going to be Indiana Jones and the Iron Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was going to be set after World War II and would feature Nazis seeking refuge in Bolivia trying to resurrect Adolf Hitler. That was going to be the plan. And uh, from what I read, uh, German pe- when, they, when they demoed the game, uh, ger- their German people were like, listen, this is going to have to get, this got to go through extensive rewrites to be released in Germany mm-hmm. because they've got. They've got laws They've got that laws prohibit about yeah, that. stuff like that. And so, uh, and they also, LucasArts looked at the overall market. They knew Germany was going to be a, a big player in this mm-hmm. game. In and fact, when I uh, when I had my sealed copy of Maniac Mansion that I bought at a thrift store for five bucks and sold for like five seventy five, it was to a guy in Germany. Really, five hundred seventy five yeah. bucks? I wow, did. what a yeah. deal! Um, the the here's something I didn't know. I'd heard some of this stuff, but. The plot that they were going to use for that that game was actually turned into comic books. The Dark Horse of the series of comics, interesting, and, and uh, under this under the same name, and they were published in ninety December ninety four to March ninety five. And there's also there's been several uh, uh, comic book adaptations. Another game that we're looking at doing was called Indiana Jones and the Spear of Destiny, uh, and that was going to revolve around the Spear of Destiny. That's another game that ended up not happening. And it was also another game that got turned into a comic book series uh, and from April to July of 95. Hmm. So there, this game, as big a seller as it was, it was a you know, million copy plus blockbuster. 
Uh, and uh, now you can uh, there are, you know you can go to Steam and get it. Yeah, you know, good old games has it. It's everywhere. Yeah, I've got a copy of it that I got on I think on a, hum, a humble bundle. It was all the LucasArts games for like ninety nine cents. Um, of course, the reviews on this game, as you can imagine, were were off the freaking charts. Uh, if I can turn to my reviews page, there it is. So, uh, Amiga actually gave it 91. Uh, Amiga Computing, 88. Uh, Amiga Computing reviewed it again in 95. I love how they do this, and they revise their review down. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I always love that. Yeah, I don't... I, somebody write it's, in and tell us why that was. It's and, funny, I'm looking at these reviews, and they almost all did the same thing. Like, Amiga Format reviewed it in 93 and gave it a 92. Then they looked at it again in 95 and gave it a 90, so they, they revised it. So I guess it, the game got less good <laughs> as, as, as it went on. Uh, and uh, for whatever reason, they, they revived down. Now, that much said, it's it's looked upon now as an absolute classic. And I, I, again, I can remember when this was released, and it was released alongside Indiana Jones and the Fate of, Fate of Atlantis, the action game. And we talked about earlier, and, and the action game was, I was widely regarded as no good. And it was made by the same outfit, so I don't know what happened there. This game, this sort of um, plot with Atlantis and... Nazis. It, it lends itself to the scum engine, that type of game, like perfectly. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, you couldn't you couldn't pick a better plot. The fact that someone sat down and wrote something that wasn't just competent but was good and interesting. If you play through this, uh, the one thing that I was worried about, uh, having not played it for years, was like, was I going to feel like Indiana Jones? And you do. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're a kid, you want to be in it. I mean, every kid. I knew, you know, my buddy Chad, you know, Chad Wilcox, when the Indiana Jones movies came out, he went and got himself a hat and the whip and the leather coat and used to wear it around. Oh, man. Does he still have those? I called him Indiana Jones because he was the integrator. (laughs) And he, I don't know if he still has it, but he looked like a big tubby geek. (laughs) <laughs> with a with a Indiana Jones hat. Yeah, and, and, I love it. And my buddy, uh, I knew another guy who uh, wore the coat and the hat and had the whip. And I remember he used to hit me with that whip. <laughs> that sucker hurt, dude. You know, he would try the tricks. I know. was hanging around the wrong people. Like, I should have been running with you and your crowd. Well, you got to think. Uh, uh, this was at the height of the craze. Mm-hmm. You, know, you came a little bit later. But, I mean, I swear to you... At, on a stack of Bibles, I knew two different guys that dressed like Indiana Jones, <laughs> wore the hat, and had the whip. That's great. You know, and everyone wanted a whip. And before that, no one gave a crap about a whip, mm-hmm. right? But after Indiana Jones, everybody had to get the whip. And the hat's cool looking, you know? So uh, it was really, uh, it was a, uh, a, a an American phenomenon for sure. And I'm assuming that most of the world, it was just as popular. And the game uh, lives up to the legacy of Indiana Jones quite nicely. Again, uh, I, I, I'm not the best at these games, and I struggled through. Uh, and uh, But, uh, again, having played uh, these other ones, it's just a matter of trying to do the right thing and say, okay, what do I need to do here? Where do I need, where do I need to go to get this? You know, generally it was okay. It wasn't too difficult to figure it out, you know, early on. I'm sure as you get up there, it gets a lot more difficult. Um, so I looked this up on eBay, and uh, it ain't cheap, brother, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, the uh, uh, these things were I worked and I was surprised there were so few. To be honest with you, uh, I found one in the U.S. that's going. To, of course, these are all boxed, uh, going for seventy bucks. All right. If you're in Italy, for whatever reason, there were there were or excuse me, in Italy there was one going for one hundred and six bucks. In the U.K. there were more of these. Uh, you got eighty one bucks, one hundred twenty one bucks, and seventy four bucks. For, in France, you can get one for eighty two bucks. So 
any way it goes, you're looking. At, you're up past seventy dollars picking this up. And if you were looking to get a uh, a sealed cock or something, you'd probably be paying uh, uh, Maniac Mansion. Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say it, it doesn't surprise me because this is both a very popular genre uh, for people that collect these games. Uh, I'm sure that they came with elaborate packaging and, and the manual and stuff was cool. And also, it's Indiana Jones, so you're going to get that whole segment of the population. And I, I have to say, um, it can't be understated the fact that the I, I really dug the plot. I watched I watched some of the way past where I got it on videos to see what was going on, and it's a pretty interesting plot actually. And the and the tie-in with Atlantis the, and the fact that he's with a psychic. The interaction between the psychic and Indy is, is cool. I really mm-hmm. dug that, and uh, um, she takes it seriously. You know, that's what makes it. That's what makes it fun. And but it, what it does is it sets up a lot of great dialogue. Well, she takes it seriously because it might actually be real. Hey, who you telling, buddy? I can read your mind right now. Blank slate. Hey, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> it's like looking into the void. <laughs> uh, and some of the NPCs that are just lumbering around are amusing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's there's. Dormant and guards and, and just goofs and there's uh, other archaeologists and they're they're all and the Germans they they all have personalities. They, I will say that this is a it seems like it's a very very long game. Um, it must be because I mean I I, I stink at it but I still played for hours and hours yeah, just to get where I got. Um, because if you play it straight through this long play that we're watching now it's three and a half or four hours and that's not taking time to solve the puzzles or anything so you get your money's worth when you when you bought it. Absolutely, but I mean I. Um, I will say it seems pretty linear. I guess if you pick different ways to play, I think because, this is the most non-linear of all well, point-click I mean, adventure yeah. games. But I mean, yeah, still, once you know where what you need, I mean, I guess they're all sort of like that. But I mean, you do have. I like the fact that, like, for at one point, apparently, you could just tell you the chick to get lost, mm-hmm, right? Which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And or you can uh, uh, go the fisticuffs way. Again, that, that's a nice add. You know, it gives you a little extra value, a little bang for your buck. It is a shame that they never made the sequels for these, because they could have just used this engine, put the new stuff in, and it probably would have been just fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. So what do you think overall? You dug it? Overall, I like it. It's a good. It's it's not Fly to the Amazon Queen, but it's just below it. It's awful pretty. It is. It really is gorgeously done. And it's the closest... It's probably the closest video game I've ever played where it felt like I was playing the movie. I felt like this is encapsulating this character. Yeah, because he goes a bunch of places mm-hmm. and you get your map. And the mini music is not great, but it does, I mean, it, it does the job. It, it gives you a good feeling. I mean, if you can imagine this on, I mean, again, I, the CD version is probably the way to play, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, because you've got the better music and you've got the dialogue. The dialogue you don't have to help. deal with swapping 11 discs in oh, and out. Oh, man. <laughs> like I said, I put the WHD load on this. I didn't even try. Usually I'll, I'll, I'll load up the uh, the, the uh, GoTech, but I wasn't going, not on 11 discs, brother. I'm not that adventurous. You know, the um, there were so many reviews I read on this on, on Lemon where they're like, I played this till I got to disc 10 and it was corrupted, so I never oh, got to finish it. And so That is the worst yeah. thing. That's the worst Has that thing. happened to you before? And honestly, since I didn't play too many games like this, there weren't usually that many discs. Mm. Also, on the PC, you were generally unloading to a hard drive. That's true. So on That's the Amiga, true. like so I'm trying to think about what what I would play that had that many. I'm trust me when I say this. I've played games that that wouldn't load right, and it was just two discs, and it was just so infuriating. Mm-hmm. It should drive me nuts. I remember playing games where you would sometimes load. Those are the worst. The Coco was notorious for that with the drive. <laughs> sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. You're like, oh man, it's frustrating. But, uh, yeah, 11 discs is a lot. Another good reason to get the CD, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, well, before we close this thing out, just a small plug for Amigathon 2018. Uh, if you haven't been yet, check out uh, extralife.org. 
um, and search for Amigathon. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Uh, and uh, make sure you set aside time on July 7th to watch us play uh, at least 12 hours of Amiga games, if not more. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, I'd also like to mention that we have a Patreon account. If you enjoy our show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash amigospodcasts. Um, and I'd like to read the list of our Patreon supporters, Aaron. Mm-hmm. This time I'm going to do it in reverse order. But not just normal reverse order, total reverse order. I don't know what that means. That means last name first. Do you have this memorized? No. So you're just going to read off a page. I'm guaranteed to still mess it up, though. You can, I mean, you could trade a chimp to do that. Can't you? Barman Kjolbjorn. Oh, okay. Dawn at Pixels. Warns Jason. Coles Darren. Barracuda Brutal. Bingston Daniel. Humbertstad. Tommy <laughs> Kim. Nelson Eric. THT. Oh, that one works both ways. Oh, what's that called when you can do that? Uh, it's called a um, palindrome. There you go, bam. Uh, Rulo Jonas. Bradley Adam, Will, well, I messed up. Will Williams no, it makes works. it difficult. Yeah, Will Williams, Will, Nan, Josh, Crypt, The From Tapes, Jarvis, wow. Anthony, Styles, Duncan, Harrington, Paul, Jones, Brian C, Hucker, Gary, Vintage and Retro, Brian's O, <laughs> Battersby, Adam, Denson, Lane, Dowdy, Brent, Vebke, W. Graham, Giroud, Laurent, Catch a Dream. It's Chris. You know, catch a dream is nice. I like that. Yeah, that's his alter ego. Oh. Abbott Ravi, Hassal Christopher, 75 Blindo, Heland Edvin, Mortensen Slorgard Stefan, Norton Slow the, CTZ Figgy, Boy Dead Creepy, DeRosher Ricky, Peron Matthew, Marshall John, Lord Level, Tyler Donald, Kebab Allen, Keelan Leaf, Ross Dan. I like Dead Boy Creepy. Dead Boy Creepy? Or is it cre- no, it's, was it Creepy Dead? No, it's be Boy, boy dead, dead Creepy. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. Kind of like Creepy Dead Boy. They're all also weird. weird. Good job, I think. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, we are recording this in advance for uh, a, some time in the future. The schedule is still messed up in my mind. But the singing will return once we return to our normal no, schedule. Oh, man. So boy. Is that a threat or a promise? It's, it's both all wrapped up into one delicious package. Oh, man. Aaron, next week we are going to play that crime-stopping classic, Lethal Weapon. Oh, based on the film. Based on the film. yippee ki mofo. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.